Hey, MASH fans, welcome back to another episode of the MASH 4077 podcast. I am one of your hosts, Kenny, and joining me for today is my co-host, Meds. Ah, gentlemen. This is another special Swampcast. I have eight amazing listeners watching me right now. We're doing a Zoom call. Uh, I want to welcome Sean. Hey, everyone. Great to be here, finally. <laughs> I'm Danny. Hi, everyone. Nice uh, talking here, everyone. Jay. Yo. Neil. Hello. Ryan. Hello. Thanks for the opportunity. Dara. Hello. Alec. Hi. Excited to be here. And Mark. Hello from Chicago. <laughs> so uh, thank you guys for joining me. I just want to start really quick with uh, how long you've been listening to the podcast. So Sean, you want to start? Tell us how long have you been listening to the podcast? Yeah, uh, 2015. All right. So it's been about six years. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I had a long, long drive to work, commute to work here in Phoenix. And um, we had just moved up here from Tucson and I found it and it was an absolute lifesaver for me. Oh, good. Because not only is this my favorite show, but that commute was was bad. Yeah. Yeah. Podcasts help. Definitely help. Big time. Yeah. How about you, Danny? Uh, I started near the beginning when you guys started. Um, I didn't have an iPhone yet that did that. I had an MP3 player, so I would search online for uh, MASH, just to curiosity if anyone ever did, uh, MASH podcast and mm -hmm. i found yours wow, and i listened to three y'all and it was somewhere about the middle of the first season so i caught up on that quickly and then then i just wait every every two weeks or so yeah nice you're the long hauler been with us forever nice uh jay i've been listening since the beginning uh it allows me wow. to you know again relive everything it's great that when you guys are able to embed the uh, audio clips from the show uh, which makes you guys stand out versus other shows that are out there on the interwebs nice and i'm able to listen to you guys when i'm out doing my yard work and different things around the house cool mark i want to say about four or five years now like jay said when you're out doing uh, yard work, stuff like that, going for walks, mm -hmm. you know, I was searching for anything other. I mean, not that I don't like Disney, but I like a lot of the Disney ambient sounds, people walking around a park and stuff like that. So I love mash and I just did a iTunes search of mash and found you guys and been listening ever since. I'm slowly going back to the first episodes going, you know, yeah, from the get go, but uh, nice four or five years. I, I really like it. You guys are doing okay. a great job. Cool. Thank you. Neil. About four or five years. Um, I was a delivery driver all over the mountains of Southern West Virginia and long times in between deliveries. So I uh, would download it and listen to it. Yeah. Helped a lot. Cool. Nice. Dara? Uh, right from the beginning. And yeah, within the last five or six years, I had to drive three days a week to cardiac rehab at 536 in the morning. That really helped on the drive down. That's fantastic. Brian? Probably about three to four years. I don't exactly remember. I'm, I remember it was quite a deal to get caught up. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's crazy. I can't believe you listened to it so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Alec? Uh, I think, like Sean, I've been started about 2015 or so. I think I remember looking for a MASH podcast uh, several years before that and not finding one because I'm pretty sure you guys were the first. And then yeah. about 2015, I, I thought, hey, you know, it's possible someone's decided to make this in the last five or six years <laughs> that I haven't been checking up on it. So I came to it a little bit later, but it was, uh, I got caught up pretty quick. Nice, nice. Well, thank you guys. We really appreciate you guys listening to us. Uh, it means a lot to us. Obviously, Mez and I, and Al at the time, 
he still loves it now. We love MASH, and uh, it, it's it's very comforting to know that people enjoy what we do. And it's always nice to hear from you guys. I love when I get texts or Facebook or tweets or even the bad stuff because we occasionally get some not so good things, but that's just the nature of the beast. But uh, really appreciate it. If if I could add something. Yes, of course. I don't know what everybody else thinks, but as far as you know, terrestrial radio, uh, it's not like the olden days where you know you have personalities, but there's no personality. Uh, Simon and Kenny add personality to what you listen to. Yeah, so, thank you. You know, it's it's a good oh, way to get you. rid of the commercialized um, terrestrial radio, which is really becoming very bland. Yeah, yeah, I think you could tell we have fun with the podcast. I mean, you don't hear some of the stuff I cut. If we, if I ever just laid out a live podcast, it would be scary. Um, <laughs> it takes it takes some some master editing from me to to make it uh, listenable. I mean, I'm sure you guys would enjoy it because it's just it's fun banter and lots of screw ups from me. It's always fun when Med screws up because he barely. It's your pronunciations of um, <laughs> certain long words, which which it must be said. I do have to be honest with you. <laughs> I could say anything, and you just go, "Thanks, that's great." I, I yeah. sometimes do make it up. I mean, I, just because, just be, <laughs> just because it would be a long laughing word. I don't know. I come from Birmingham. How am I supposed to know? <laughs> <laughs> but you make it sound real, and it's correct. So I'm like, sure, that sounds good to me. That's because I'm an actor. Yes, yeah, right. My job. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I am not an actor, so yes, we do have difficulty with the uh, pronunciations of things. Uh, I, oh God, sometimes I do many, many takes on one word. And then I'm like, Meds, you just read this one. I'll read the next one because I just give up. Yeah. Many times. I'm quite drunk. I'm quite drunk by the, by the time we get to episode six. <laughs> 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 yes, you do. You do enjoy quite a few cold ones as we're recording. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there I we do. go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, so I do have I have old guests and new guests. Old guests meaning they were on a previous Swamp Cast, and I have new guests who are first timers. So I have separate questions for you guys. I was going to ask all the same questions again, but I don't want my returning guests to have to answer the same thing again or come up with a new answer because their answers before were fantastic, and you can hear them on a previous Swamp Cast. All right, so we're going to start with uh, the new guests, and we're going to do their first question is the big one: favorite character. So I want one favorite character. Uh, doesn't it? You know, it doesn't have to be your top top, but just a favorite character of Mash. So, Sean, you want to start us off? Yeah, sure. Um, well, besides Alan Alda, it's David Odgen Stiers. Hmm. There's just there's just no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah, Matt um, is doing a happy dance. You can't see him. The- <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm I'm the same. I'm the same with you, Meds, on on David. What an actor! Hmm. I mean, what what an incredible actor in his range. You know. Sometimes his 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 character flaws, you know, sometimes being a, a bit snobbish and his arrogance, and you know, the aside from from those though, I just I just love everything about him. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at episodes like Death Takes a Holiday, right? You see the range he has in that episode from, you know, uh, the you know what he's trying to do with the candy for the kids. Then he realizes, you know, that might not have been the best approach. He goes from, you know, anger at one point to it's just he everything he does, I think. And, you know, he gets the great Shakespearean lines. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that else I love about him. I love that classical education 
piece that was thrown into MASH that, you know, that came from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, most of my favorite episodes are episodes in which he, he was the star. Fantastic. Cool. How about you, Alec? Uh, yeah, that is a big question. I think it's, it's hard not to say uh, Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Um, the character that I got into the show because of actually was Radar. Um, but nowadays, I think if I had to pick one, I would probably go with Father Mulcahy. No, oh, yay. I just felt like he's he's such a fascinating character to me in that he is uh he represents a really different angle on what they're all there doing. You know, all of them are really afraid to be there, all of them are there really because they want to help. Um, but a lot of the other characters there, like, you know, Hawkeye or BJ or Trapper, they all tend to deal with it by, you know, kind of going on binges or mm-hmm. pulling pranks or doing stuff like that. Whereas I think Father Mulcahy, you know, tries to throw himself into his work a lot, but you get to see this side of him where he is sort of desperate to do more in a lot of episodes. And he's he's really looking for uh, how can I be of more use? You know, and the, the episodes that they feature him were always a really powerful episode. Like I always think of the episodes uh, where he has to perform the emergency tracheotomy mm-hmm. in the back of a Jeep and he's got Hawkeye on the radio. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, amazing member of the cast as well. But um, yeah, I think, you know, what uh, Sidney Friedman says about him too, and I think it was Dear Sigmund, he says uh, that he's a natural born therapist or a natural born uh, care or something, something mm-hmm. to that effect. And I, I felt like uh, William Christopher just did such a fantastic job of uh, really portraying that character for him. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I totally agree with you. How about you, Mark? Okay, I'm going to have to pick Radar, uh, just the character itself, his uh, naivete. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, the, you know, just a very simple, you know, thrust into, uh, I want to say, beyond adulthood, going to war. Obviously, when he didn't want to, you know, being drafted and all that. Um, you know, a simple guy, but he knows how to get things done. If it wasn't for Radar, I, that place would probably be uh, in shambles. Mm. Um, you know, he he took his, I guess, his knowledge of getting things done on his farm um, and brought it with to Korea. Um, you know, it, it, he's again, he's just a simple guy, but he knows how to run the place. He knows yeah. how to run, not necessarily run people, but, you know, get them to do the things they have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very simple and, guy. I like yeah. him. Yeah. Cool. Danny. So when I was younger, I really was drawn towards Henry. I like the slapstick and everything. I was into that. But as I've gotten older, uh, I think now I've drawn more towards Potter, mainly because Yay. I can see myself as a father figure. So I have three kids myself. But now in my work life, um, as I'm getting older, my people who work for me are a lot younger. And it seems like I'm more of a father figure for them. And that's mm. how I see Potter to everyone. Yeah. You know, they either a grandfather or a father figure to them. Now, I don't have the, the war stories like he would tell, <laughs> but I have experiences in my life and things in history that I'm aware of. Yeah. And I end up sharing things like that with the people I work with. And, and it's like, that seems like that's the leadership he did. You know, you lead good people, they will do everything they can, but if they need help, you're there to support them, bring it out of them, you know, what they realize they probably don't even have in them, bring it out of them and show them and like, hey, there you go. And just yeah. leave from there. And that's that's how I kind of see Potter to be. And that's like I said, that's I find myself more drawn to being. Very cool. 
Awesome. My pleasure is my favorite. So, and I agree. He's an amazing leader. So, uh, Med, since it's your first Swamp cast with us, what, who's your favorite character? Ah, wow. Mm. When I was younger, um, when I first saw MASH in 82, I would, I automatically really liked Hawkeye because he was kind of like, you know, the star of the show, the, the, you know, the, the kind of thing when you're, when you're the age of nine, uh, you kind of think, oh man, he, he's cool. That'll do. I'll, I'll be like him. And then as I got older, I really started to get drawn to BJ a little bit because I was very much like BJ as a person. Mm-hmm. And now at the age of 47, I'm so much like Charles. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. Too, much to my own, you know, failings, which is, you've got to be honest about it, because there's a lot of goodness in Charles, but there's also a lot of, um, um, you know, he's very frustrated by other people's idiocy, and that's only because of how he's such a pompous ass at times. Um, but, you know, there's there's a lot of things that he, he does, as was mentioned just then with, with the chocolates and stuff, which is my wow, one of my all-time favorite episodes. I adore that episode. I, I really do. I could watch it all the time. Um, but I, I really, you know, I, I just really like the way that Doug, David Ogden Styles portrays him. Um, I didn't know much about him as an actor at the time when he when he first came into the show. But I love his storylines. I agree with virtually everything he says sometimes, especially at, when I'm at work. I can't help but feel an awful lot like Charles. Um, <laughs> no one listens to this podcast, so I can say whatever I like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I just think I just think there's so much more to him as a character. The, you know, you get a lot more depth out of him, and I think that's just the range of what David plays it, where he can be angry and he can be pompous and he can be snobbish, but he then every now and again, you know, there's the warmth that he does have to all of his fellow, um, you know, swampers. You know, especially the the one that me and Kennedy did not long ago, in which he talks to Hawkeye about Hawkeye's father, and mm-hmm. that speech that he does is. One, it's so incredibly well written anyway, both perfectly acted by both Alan Alder and David. But the delivery from, from David Ogden Styles there is just so wonderful. And I, he's so entertaining. As a TV program should be, it should be entertaining. I've never understood these programs where you can't identify with someone, whether it be good, whether it be bad. And and you don't you don't feel something for the characters and for for Charles, you know. And don't get me wrong, but there's just parts of this episodes of Charles that I really don't like. Um, and some of the things that he does, I don't like. I just, it just, it just annoys me. But he's, he's for me, he's just, I just probably entertained any time I see that man on screen. Even in the background, there's some great things that uh, David Ogden Stars does in the background. Which, if you, if you're not looking at him, because you wouldn't be, because you're too busy concentrating what the other actors are doing, he's doing some subtle acting in the background. And it is always wonderful. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Let's go on to our returning listeners. I have a. The opposite question, who is your least favorite character? So why don't we start with Ryan? Probably Frank. And I was trying to remember, I, I think it was one of their, either the 20th or the 30th anniversary specials. Um, and oh, I may have been the 30th. I think they had a, an old interview from him. It was, he, he had passed away already. And he was talking about, you know, that everybody's, got a Frank Burns in their life or he <laughs> thought that everybody did. Mm-hmm. And then he laughed at the end of, of his thing. And it sounded exactly like Frank. <laughs> I was just like, Oh my gosh. But uh, he's a, a, in one sense, 
he's an awful person, but he's also a very broken person. Oh yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's, it's really, and you do find people that somehow, you know, being a doctor is not an easy thing to do. I mean, I'm not a doctor. I, I, I'm guessing it's really hard and you, you have to be an achiever and somehow he got through to be a doctor. I, I, it still amazes me how it happens, but it happens, I guess, in all <laughs> walks of life. But mm-hmm. yeah, Frank is probably my least favorite character. Okay. Yeah, I I probably agree with you. If I can't say flag, then it's going to be Frank. So, uh, Jay. Okay, my least favorite character would be Rizzo. Oh, okay. You know, when, when he loaned Frank money and, you know, he's, you know, counting it back or you know, on payday, you know, five. <laughs> he gets, you know, interrupted and he started five, you know. So just, he just was so oily and just, I don't know. I, I, I never cared for him. And even when he translated over to uh, the Police Academy series. <laughs> <laughs> characters. Yeah. Uh, and again, you didn't see him until, you know, the later, later, you know, stages of MASH. Yeah. Yeah. Never care for Rizzo. So. All right. All right. Fair enough. It's not for everybody. Uh, Dara. I'm going to have to uh, agree with Ryan. I loathed Frank. Um, <laughs> the only time I really enjoyed watching Frank on the show was in seasons four and five, especially when BJ and Hawkeye were really getting at him, like on Deer Tag and all that was great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was an essential person on that show. You had to have a protagonist. And he was the ultimate protagonist. Mm-hmm. Who also got in a few zingers, especially on the episode of Margaret's engagement. <laughs> Thought, you know, youth would be good for a change, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was essential. Yeah. An essential hated person. Yeah. Yeah. You love to hate him. Yes, you love That's, I mean, yeah, there's really, I don't think there's really any bad characters. They're just ones that you like more than others and some that you just love to hate. And he was definitely love to hate. Yeah, um, your eyes always were rolling when he was on yeah. the <laughs> Yes. Yes. How about you, Neil? I you know what? I wrote down your questions here and <laughs> this one is blank because <laughs> I thought and thought and thought and I I couldn't find a one I couldn't That's find one that annoyed me. Great. Really that I disliked. Yeah. I it's like your family. Of course there's people you don't you don't care for, but yeah, you still love them. <laughs> Of course. Yeah. Like I said, there, none of them are bad. There's just some that you like right. more. Maybe Rizzo. Rizzo was kind of oily and, you know, and when he was taking a nap under the Jeep and, <laughs> you know, said, is it time for lunch? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so maybe Rizzo would be my least favorite nephew or cousin. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like a neighbor down the road up here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, very cool. Let's go back to our new guest here. We're going to do favorite side character. So this is anyone who was not on the main credits. So it could be anybody from that group. So why don't we start with Alec? This one was, I think, the easiest question for me to answer. I, I, my answer has never changed. I've been watching MASH like pretty much my whole life. But hands down, Sidney Friedman. Yeah. For sure. And like, you know, when he passed away, I was so sad because I thought the first thought that I had was, I know he's not really Sidney Friedman, but I always wanted him to be my psychiatrist. <laughs> and now he never will. You know, even, even knowing for sure that he's not. Actually, yeah. It was still, I was so, so heartbroken when, when he passed, because he was such a, uh, such a wonderful actor. And, uh, you know, the, the depth that he, Alan Arbus brought to that character, I thought was really, 
uh, really moving, but I also loved that he got called out by name, even in a lot of episodes that he didn't appear in, you know, mm-hmm. they, whenever they would have, um, I'm trying to remember the episode name that it was, but there was a soldier who was going through, you know, sort of a mental breakdown and, uh, Hawkeye says to Potter, you know, we want to bring in a psychiatrist and he says, do you have anybody in mind? And immediately, yeah, Sidney Friedman, you got to mm-hmm. get Sidney Friedman. He's the best. Um, and then I think there's an episode too. It might be the same episode where he's not available to come and he, has a, a conversation with Hawkeye on the phone and basically says, here's what you need to do. You're going to be great. Mm-hmm. You know, you go for it. You're going to be fantastic. And I think, you know, he's so deep, so caring, uh, so supportive of the the other members of, of, I mean, I guess he wasn't really a member of MASH. That's the point of the question. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but he was um, still an important part to the cast and to absolutely. the Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think having him around there, you know, every episode that he appears in, I just thought was a, uh, you know, added an extra level that, that really yep. brought something special to the show. Yep. Totally agree with you. Yeah. How about you? Uh, let's go with Sean. Yeah. You know, I'm the same, I'm the same Alan Arbus, uh, all the way, you know, I, I think about something that Alan Alda said in an interview where he would sit around with Alan and talk and he literally <laughs> believed, really thought he was, you know, a, a psychiatrist, right? Just this <laughs> demeanor and, the way he he portrayed the character. I'm um, so glad I'm not alone in that then. <laughs> yeah, no, no, definitely, uh, definitely, definitely not, Alec. Yeah, um, and yeah, and every episode that he's in is, I think, an extraordinary episode. Look at um, Quo Vadis. I love the conversation that he has with Jesus Christ, mm. right? Oh, yeah, Dr. Um, Chandler. Yeah, just... Just, uh, just an incredible um, actor, brought so much depth. And, you know, another thing, if you have this experience or you maybe had a family member returning from Vietnam, mental health was still so far lacking with soldiers returning from war in the 70s, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so for, for, for me, spotlighting that on MASH, I, I, just, I just thought it, it – I thought it was, imp- I, you know, I think list, uh, viewers that watch it, I think they, I think we care more about what happens with soldiers. And I really think that like, like Matt, a show like MASH kind of put a spotlight on what soldiers are going through and what they are going to go through from here on out. Mm-hmm. And to have a character that did such a good job as he did, the writing was impeccable. Yeah, he just really added to the show. Very cool. Thank you. I totally agree with everything you said. Danny, who's your favorite uh, side character? I think everyone is um, saying the same thing. I My thoughts were with uh, Alan Arbus, Sidney Freeman, um, and, and exactly what Sean was saying, that it, it's especially even in the 70s, you know, and through the 80s, you know, there was a stigmatism with um, going to see a psychiatrist, you know, that, mm-hmm. you, know, that you had some mental issues that, you know, you should be put in a loony bin. I mean, we really, especially when you watch older now as they portrayed it, but back in, in the thirties and forties, like they would just throw people into an asylum and that was it. You never saw them again. They never came out. Yeah. And so if you had people that had some real bad PTSD coming out of wars, they didn't, they didn't know how to deal with that. So just throw them away in there, which doesn't help you anyone. You know, how, mm-hmm. how does that help anyone? And then yeah. worse, they would do even do worse treatments. Yeah. So here's a portrayal of a character that 
brought out that you're really just trying to draw out their problems or whatever the issues is without judgment and make that person realize that life can go on. Yes, this is going to be a traumatic experience that's going to affect you the rest of your life. But how do you live with this? What do you do to move on from this? And and how can you function in life and society? Because you're not, there's nothing wrong with you. You know, this is a horrible thing that might have happened to you. But how do you move on from this and, and continue on and living life? And that's the most important thing is like, how do you continue to live your life? That's how you treat other people and how you want to live and be treated by other people. That's what you have to live with and go with from there. And I think the character Sidney Freeman did an excellent job of, of portraying that in television, especially in that time. You didn't really see that as uh, as often. You know, now yeah. you yeah. see it a lot more often. There's a lot more better portrayals of characters who are psychiatrists than that. But back then, you really didn't. It was very rare to see something like that, either in movies or in television. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Uh, Mark, favorite uh, secondary character, side character? Well, looks like Sydney gets the vote. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think that they could have... I don't think they could have pulled off the show per se, without a character like a Sydney, and not just Sydney, Alan Arbus. Mm-hmm. If I don't know if they could have found anybody else that would have came in when he was needed and brought levity to whatever situation came up, um, made people focus on, you know, this isn't their existence for life. This isn't their being for life. They're here to do a job. And then when it's done, you're going to go home. You're going to encounter crap and then you're going to go home. Pardon my French on that. Um, but again, you know, you know, just the Sydney, you know, coming in, helping people out, but then he would kind of cause some problems, kind of like filling up, uh, or not, he didn't fill up the Frank's trench with water, but he assisted uh, BJ in messing with Frank, you know, saying yeah. air raid, air raid, calling him out. So he would join in the fun and mm-hmm. some of the problems. <laughs> yeah. But again, you know, just, just having a character like, Sydney, and not just Sydney, but like I said, Alan himself coming in and focusing people. And on a personal note, uh, you know, uh, his famous line, ladies and gentlemen, take my advice, pull down your pants and slide in the ice. Mm -hmm. Quick, funny story that when that first episode, when he first said that came out, I think it was the week after the next week in church, The priest started off with what he wanted to say with, ladies and gentlemen, take my advice. And oh, my God. My brother blurted out, pull down your pants and slide on the ice. Nice. And I think church was pretty much done for the day. <laughs> I, it, it, it couldn't have been more perfect. I don't know if he got in trouble. I don't think so. I think my parents were too embarrassed to do anything to him. Um, but I like that so much so that in my dad's eulogy at the same church, I had to end his eulogy with that quote. And nice. that pretty much summed up my dad's life. He was a jokester. Yeah. So again, going back to the character, Sidney uh, Friedman, you know, he, he kind of brought balance and seriousness where it had to be brought. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I think Sidney's a, a fan favorite of everybody, really, for the side characters. I mean, I wish he had more. I wish they used him more. Uh, but it was always nice to hear his name, even if he wasn't in the episode, they'd talk about him. So he was still always part of that universe. And I always felt like he was there, even though we didn't see him a lot. So very cool. This could be another question for our returning guests. Uh, do you have a favorite line or a phrase, and do you use it in your daily life? 
We talked about uh, Sydney's famous line that I think everybody uses. But uh, do you guys have a favorite line uh, that you use all the time, Ryan? I've, I almost, you know, I almost have like three. I will occasionally use finest kind. Hmm. It was used heavily in the book and heavily in the movie. They inserted a couple times in the TV show, but it didn't really fit. Mm-hmm. There's been a couple times I've been able to use the episode where Klinger, Margaret, and Hawkeye, I think it's called Aid Station, as a matter of fact. I think it's what the episode is called. They have a flat tire, and Margaret tells Hawkeye not to do anything. You don't want to hurt, hurt your hands. And he's still sitting there in the back of the Jeep, and she says, the least you can do is get out of the Jeep. And he says... <laughs> Never let it be said. I never did the least I could do. <laughs> love that. When I get, to, I don't get to use it very often, but I love to use that line. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll do something. I'll go, which is what Donald Sutherland does in the movie quite frequently. Mm. So those are the three. I know we're talking about the TV show, but that's fine. Two, two of that. my three are from the movie. Nice. Very cool. How about you, Jay? Uh, I got two. Uh, if you can't say hell on hell, where in the hell can you say it? So, <laughs> that was from Alan Alda, Hawkeye, in uh, one of the episodes. Uh, I think that was when the uh, the uh, talent troop was coming through camp and they were putting on the show. Mm-hmm. The other one we were just talking about flag there on our in our in between commercial break. Uh, <laughs> the other flag episode, you know, you know, Mary had a little lamb. My dog has fleas. You know, <laughs> Christmas loved your loving son, Queen Victoria. Right. So you, you use that in your daily life. Yeah, no, I don't use that in my daily life. But I, I do see myself using a lot of Potterisms, you know, mm. horse hockey. And, yeah, you know, so. nice. Nice. But yeah, definitely the, the, you know, where in the hell can you say it? You know, I, I would say that at work sometimes <laughs> in, in difficult situations. Yeah. Those are some of my favorite. Very cool. Neil. My favorite is, um, and my dad used it, and I didn't realize he got it from MASH until I started watching it more, but he'd say, He'd always say, I'm, I'm not sleeping. I'm checking my eyelids for light leaks. <laughs> but I think the exact quote is, I'm inspecting the inside of my eyelids. So, yeah, he always had that variation. Nice. And my dad always said bull feathers. I think that's a variant of a potterism. A potterism, yeah. That sounds like a potterism. I think he said pig feathers. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, yeah, bull feathers and... And the eye checking my eyelids for light leaks. That was that's I say that all the time. Nice. How about you, Dara? Well, the inside of my eyelids is one of them, but there's one I'll just randomly say around my house or when we go to another MASH fan's house is uh Colonel Potter, sir, Corporal Klinger. I'm section eight, head to toe. I'm wearing a Warner bra. I like to play with dolls. My last wish is to be wearing my mother's wedding gown. I'm nuts. I should be out. <laughs> I will film that and put it on my Facebook page. I will just, yeah, I love it. I've got two quick ones that just pop into my head pretty regularly. They're they're both, I think, kind of somewhat throwaway lines in the show, but I think I've never bought a bottle of shampoo without thinking the phrase, because we couldn't find any real poo. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the other one is, uh, there's an episode, I think it's movie tonight, where all the nurses are supposed to be going to this uh, pilot's party in Mm -hmm. Seoul or something. And uh, Hawkeye says, what does a pilot have that I don't have? And they say, well, a plane. And he says, (laughs) for a plane when you can have a fancy. (laughs) I, I have one as well. Yeah, go ahead, Danny. So mine's from the uh, the incubator. 
which um, uh, yes. at the end with the general uh, where he said, this gentleman, this is a press conference. The last thing we're going to be doing is answering a bunch of questions, <laughs> which uh, yeah, applies to today's society, I think. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. There's so many great lines from that series. I mean, it's it ran for 11 years, so obviously there's going to be lots of quotable things. But uh, Bye-bye, bye buns. <laughs> So let's go ahead and uh, move on to our new guest. I have another question for you. Let's go with favorite episode. So why does let's start with Mark? Okay, uh, this is very hard. Yeah, I know. So you can always give me like the top three. Right. Well, actually, I do have one, but it was uh, it was right. I, I kind of had to throw Y in there. Was it season three overall episode fifty nine? Adam's ribs. Okay. Adam's ribs. Yeah. Um, nothing really character wise or development stuff like it's just you know it was hard to pick one so i kind of had to pick okay who doesn't love ribs <laughs> i love ribs i love uh putting ribs on my smoker mm-hmm. um and it's it was close to hometown chicago near the dearborn station which there is no such thing as dearborn we call it dearborn <laughs> <laughs> you want to go with pronunciations dearborn station again just this whole thing of them you know, scheming, uh, who is it? The honeycut scheming his old girlfriend to go get the ribs and send them to Midway airport, which is real close to my house. Mm. Now, it was kind of like the connection to me. Yeah. You know, this mash episode, which is connected to me, I guess. And again, just the whole scheming of trying to get the ribs there. And then they, in the end, they couldn't enjoy them because they had to go back to work. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Okay. Very cool. Again, who doesn't love ribs? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Danny? So, as I mentioned before, Henry being one of my early favorites, they end up being my favorite episodes. I've seen you, Henry. Mm. I mean, it's a landmark television episode. I mean, you, I mean, everyone knows why, you know. And, yeah. and, and the first three seasons are well, close to me just because when I grew up, that's what they syndicated a lot was those three seasons. And uh, so I watched them a lot, and that's what got me hooked onto the show. And then uh, I was old enough that I could start watching it in real time once the regular season was on around yeah. season eight. But I, it was just a, it was something that I, in my young mind that I didn't, you didn't really see characters uh, on TV shows that something could happen to them. You know, in, in movies it could happen, uh, but in TV you didn't have major characters that were gone mm-hmm. and gone forever. And you know, and, and it's been a, you know. It, Talked about the death, but you know, it, it is a reason why it's it's one of the top mash episodes and even top TV shows of all time. And that episode is one of the reasons why I think this series is so loved by everyone. Yeah, you know, it might not be everyone's favorite episode because they come up with other ones, but I think that event, that episode, changed a lot of things and, and even changed the show itself because what happens beginning of season four totally changes the rest of the series from that point on, how the show becomes and yeah. evolves from there. So that's mine. No, definitely, definitely. It definitely changed TV history and audiences after that episode. It just made it more real because you don't expect people to die. You know, I mean, he died off screen, which is even worse, you know, because we really didn't get a good, good goodbye. There was no death scene. There was no, he just, his plane went down and he's dead. So yeah, it definitely affected a lot of people. Let's see, let's go with Sean. Yeah, I sort of alluded to it earlier, but Death Takes a Holiday yep. is is my favorite. Uh, first, I love the Christmas shows. Uh, all, what, three of them, I think there were really, truly three. You know, 
I love the craft of acting. I, I just I just really am drawn to exceptional acting. I think by the time they get to this season, and in particular this episode, they are at an entirely different level than I think anything else that was on TV at the time. But the episode itself is, is such a fascinating episode, right? You know, we have the Charles story, right, with the candy. But then we have, you know, BJ, Hawkeye, Margaret, right? And then eventually Father McKay would come in. They're desperately trying to keep this soldier from dying on mm. Christmas Day. And, 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 of course, he dies, right? He dies, what, like 35 minutes before midnight. Mm-hmm. And, and when Hawkeye turns and goes and changes the clock, I mean, that's just some of the most powerful stuff on, you know, that, that MASH and most shows have, have ever done. And... I just, you know, just go back at it, watch it, and just appreciate the acting. They're working so well together at that point. And then on uh, Charles's story, uh, the ending where the way Charles says, thank you, Mac. Mm. Oh, yeah. Geez, yep. Gets me every time. Yeah. It's definitely a top five favorite of mine. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Alec. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would say similar to what other people have said, there's just like not a bad episode of this show, really. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's part of the reason why we all love it. And yeah, it's, you know, part of the reason why this question is so hard. Uh, but similar to kind of what, what Sean was just saying, I think, you know, when you get into some of the later seasons, they're working really, really well together. You know, and I, I have a few episodes along the way that are kind of harder for me to watch in my watch through Right now, I, I just watched the uh, the episode "Fallen Idol," which is great episode. Mm. Uh, I don't. I, I frequently skip it when I'm rewatching it because it's just kind of it's too much for me in a, in a certain way. Mm-hmm. But I think one episode that just really consistently has always done it for me because uh, Potter is also one of my favorite characters is uh, Old Soldier, mm. and I think you know, given. Uh, you know, I, I can't watch that final speech that he gives in that episode without tearing up a little bit, no matter how many times I watch it. Yep, same with me. And I love how it fits into the idea that, you know, I think I've heard Alan Alda talk about how they really wanted to portray, like, yes, this is the Korean War, but we're talking about the experience of war in general. And mm-hmm. not, um, you know, they wanted to connect it to things that soldiers had been through. And I think Potter is used in that way a few times because it's his third war. But this is, I think, kind of the most personal that it gets with him. And, you know, he tells stories about, you know, back in WW1 or back in the Great War or back in, you know, wherever. He, you know, he gets in, especially when they're sort of all bragging and uh, trying to, I think there's a major topper maybe that he's going through like, you know, I got run over by a rogue latrine or something (laughs) like that. Um, But you don't see him getting as kind of personal and showing that the personal um, relationships that he's built at MASH are very, very strong. And I think he says they're, you know, they're like his family even more than his old family was, but that he still shows that he did have that personal relationship in, in the previous wars too. And he did build those bonds with, with soldiers. And I think it really expands the show outside of just the Korean war really effectively too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely another good one. Uh, all right, let's go with my return guest. We're going to go with the complete opposite of that question. Your least favorite episode. And I know that's difficult. Just the one that you don't watch quite as often as the others. Uh, let's go with Dara. 
I got a couple. Um, I'll do my two top I can't watch at all is Dreams. Yes. And I know I'm going to have some backlash from this, but Edwina. I can't stand that. (laughs) Dreams, I agree. Dreams was very difficult for me. I, when I was younger watching it, I, it was difficult and I didn't like it. I avoided it at all costs. On our recent, when we did the podcast for it and I had to rewatch it again as a much older person, I appreciated it more and I actually understood it more and I enjoyed it for the first time. Like really enjoyed it. Like it's, it was a really well done, well acted, well made episode. So yeah, it's definitely, I understand where you're coming from because it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it, I don't like, you know, Hawkeye and there's a couple other ones, but those two kind of stand out of the ones where I, I will skip. Yeah. When I'm rewatching for the hundredth time. <laughs> no, yeah, I have the same thing. There's a few that I really, really love and then some that are like, okay, they're fine, but I don't need to watch them. So, yes. So, Ryan. Two-parter, Comrades in Arms. Really? Yes. I hate it. I avoid if it's on tv if it happens to be on me tv i'll turn i'll find something i'll watch news you know i'll watch anything else besides comrades in arms damn i do not like that one why is that i really didn't care for the forced relationship between hawkeye and margaret Mm. it's it it was it seemed like that they were just trying to shove it in there it wasn't it didn't seem very natural to me. Yeah. So I just, I really, I, yeah. I didn't care for that. I mean, it's not my favorite, but I don't think I disdain it as much as you do. Yeah. The, uh, there's a few episodes where they really, and the, there's a few other episodes where they really shove Hawkeye in the lead role. Shove. Not mm-hmm. he says it naturally. And I mean, that's, that's kind of one of them. They've sort of shoved him in there. And I, I just really, I hate that episode <laughs> hate it all right jay uh it used to be dreams and kenny as, as you mentioned it was as a younger person i don't think we really understood it or interpreted it until mm-hmm. you got older to really appreciate it so you know one of my favorite parts of that was you know with was colonel potter when he took his nap you know he was reflecting back when he was a child on horseback and you know, his mom was calling him for him mm-hmm. uh and talking about the biscuit you know he wished he could you know had a few more a few more minutes to sleep the other episode that i don't really like and i talked about this on the on the previous uh, Swampcast is that in the later episodes, I always thought that some of the acting was forced or it was just over-exaggerated. Uh, April Fools was one of those episodes mm. uh, with Colonel Daniel Webster Tucker. Uh, he was coming <laughs> to inspect it. And just, even, even though I love Colonel Potter, he was just so over the top, you know, he's coming to inspect us, you know, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's, you know, steaming mad, you know, so just, just some of the, the acting in that just was so over the top. And, you know, then of course, you know, the payoff at the end was, you know, April Fools, you know, <laughs> you know set up the entire camp there. So but that was one I just, I, I just didn't like, because again, of just the over the top, over exaggerated. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Any of my uh, new guests have any answers for least favorite episode? I have some. (laughs) All right. Go ahead, Benny. (laughs) Uh, I would say the least is uh, that's my showbiz. I can't stand that. Really? Yeah. It's it's bad. It's bad television. Um, Nash doesn't have I, bad television. I know, I know, but it's it the the plot is you mentioned about Hawkeye getting forced into things like this nerd like falls in love with him. Uh, Klinger's thing with the the guy with the horrible jokes that doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I sort of like Charles appreciating that music does come in other forms besides orchestra. You know, yeah. that something as simple as. Uh, 
you know, accordion or something like that is something that could be musically appreciated. But other than that, it, for a two-parter, it, yeah. it just does not work. It, yeah. it just it stretches too long. It stretched it too and much. And yeah. I, I think it was an I think it was an hour when it originally aired. So yeah. I didn't mind as much as as a kid because it was like the season opener. I think for that mm-hmm. year, uh, and it was an hour on episode. But you know. Now and even on the DVD, I I, I skip over those. I don't watch them. <laughs> I, I have no desire to watch them. It's I know what the episode is. Yeah, keep on my life. <laughs> go to go to better ones. Nice. Dreams is terrible. Dreams is just the worst. Dreams. Yeah, I another dream hitter. I turn it off. Yeah, yeah. It, I I understand. I was there with you. It, there was a point in my life when I did. I it, yeah. It was an instant. If it came on, I turned it off or turned another channel. Or skip it. Uh, I know, Kenny, you've mentioned this on the podcast before that you're, one thing that you, you don't like about MASH is sometimes the way that they treat the adultery. Oh, yeah. Uh, that that I've always really, really agreed with you on. And yeah. that, that makes the, uh, I can't remember the name of the episode now, but the uh, episode where BJ has this sort of romantic engage, uh, entanglement with yep. the nurses, that one is always really more tough to watch. More I see you? No, that one's the one with uh, Blythe Danner. Um, is that the more I see? Yeah, uh, I know what you're talking about because that it's one right before the more I see. I was I very think. disappointed in the DJ one I think is the one. worst one for me though is uh, Henry in love for that because <sighs> you know the the character that they bring in for him to even be with is not very compelling and yeah. you know yeah that Henry in love I think is like just the worst example of that adultery yeah. kind of I mean yeah yeah. And, yeah 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 uh, yeah. It's like he's already got a girlfriend in camp and a wife at home, and you know it's uh, that one I, I I don't like. I don't watch that one very much. Yep. Yeah, it was I, called "The More I See You." Yeah, I just looked it up. I totally agree with you. Yeah, that one that you, as you guys know, because you listen to the podcast, that always bothered me whenever they would play with the infidelity of somebody, especially with BJ, because he was so a character that I identified with. I was more like him. And to have him, and I understand, you know, he was a moment of weakness, and but just to see that he's not perfect, and I understand it, and I can appreciate it, doesn't mean I have to like it. Yeah, that that episode was uh, was hanky panky. Mm. Hanky panky. Um, yeah. yeah, but the only thing is, it does lead to later the episode with Aggie O'Shea, where yes. you can, I appreciate that because it's like, you can see why BJ is this time more grounded. Like, no, I can't, yes. can't cheat on my life. You know, this is someone else that I could be with who has, you know, interest in, and I like her as a yeah. person, you know, and, but it's like, I'm already committed to someone. This is my life partner. This is who I'm going to be with the rest of my life. Yeah. So I can't, but I, you know, and I think, it, it builds at least from that episode, you know, it, it could be some weakness, but then I think you can see the strength in the character from that episode. Yeah, definitely. To lead on to it. They don't reference it again. They never reference it again. So yeah. they kind of ignore it. So, but it, 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 for, if you watch the series, you had that as a background as a character. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right. Let's go with some new guest question here. I'm going to go with favorite guest stars. There's been a ton of guest stars on this show. Uh, usually when I say favorite, I mean like they were in one episode. They could have been like in two or three. It's fine as well. But who's your favorite guest star? Let's go ahead and start with Danny. I would say uh, Leslie Nielsen, uh, the ring bearer. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, think it, I think it's mainly because by the time I really realized who he was, that's by the time when Airplane was big. Mm-hmm. 
I, I by that point I also started seeing the Forbidden Planet, and then of course after that was the Naked Gun, well, and uh, top in uh, movies from there. Mm-hmm. But I, I could see the subtlety in this performance. You know that that was like an early comic performance without really being a come a comic performance. And mm-hmm. if you watch it, then you can see the elements that he can put into his his acting later. You know, once he got into those those type of slapstick. Cool. Uh, Sean. Yeah, I. It's the episode. Uh, it, it's Blood Brothers with Patrick Swayze. Oh, that's another good one. Yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, he was a really exceptional actor, but he uh, he did such. I I just thought his reaction in that episode where he was told he has uh, leukemia. I just I like you could see that early range of you know what be. He became a really popular and good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, the episode itself, um, Father McKay, he really has a prominent role in it. And um, yeah, I just, just everything about that episode, I, I really enjoy. But Patrick really nailed it. Nice. Yeah, definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, really good. How about you, Mark? I'd have to say Patrick Swayze as well. Okay. Um, this, uh, like Sean was saying, this whole episode uh, where they have to deal with a not necessarily a casualty of war, but you know, his leg wasn't blown off and he wasn't paralyzed. It was, they found out he had leukemia mm-hmm. and you know, they had to deal with something that wasn't necessarily war related. And it kind of, you know, put a focus on there's more to life than just this war while yeah. we're over here. You know, if Patrick Swayze wasn't there, he probably would have still gotten leukemia Mm-hmm. And he would have found yeah. out, you know, fishing or on vacation or on his job, whatever he did. So, you know, that, you know, Patrick Swayze um, was the tops, was the tops for me. Nice, nice. Strong acting, strong acting on his part. Definitely. Yeah, totally agree. Alec? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally thought about Patrick Swayze as well. I thought that that episode is amazing. I think my favorite was actually uh, Blythe Danner in mm. The More I See You. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just felt like there's a lot of guest stars that bring in, like Patrick Swayze, uh, did a phenomenal job. You know, I always liked the uh, episode that Ron Howard shows up on too, mm-hmm. um, just because he was already such a such a strong actor and such a, uh, you know, interesting character and an interesting storyline. But um, in the more I see you, they really asked Blythe Danner to play somebody who had a really similar relationship to Hawkeye as he would have with other members of the camp. You know, they're they're old friends; they've been close for for a long time, and you know, okay, they've fallen out of touch for for a few years, but their relationship having like needing to already exist mm-hmm. uh, and needing to already exist immediately right up alongside all of these people who have been doing this, you know, wildly popular show and have building chemistry for years and years and years. Um, I've always been really impressed with how effectively she pulls that off in that episode. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So I think that was everybody. Yes. Let's go ahead and uh, returning guests. I have another question for you guys. Who were your favorite team ups? So these are, it could be one, it can't be, has to be more than one for a team up, uh, two, three people that whenever they got on screen together, they just really clicked. It was just fun to watch those two join forces on screen. So let's go ahead and start with Jay. I'm going to say uh, Klinger and Charles. Mm, yeah. They had yeah. Kind of the love-hate relationship going on. You know, you know, Klinger was always there to be able to, you know, wheel and deal for Charles. <laughs> 
you know, when they were on any you know, road trip, uh, anything like that. Uh, again, going back to the uh, the Christmas episode when, you know, when Klinger came in and, you know, again, brought him, uh, you know, all the food that was left over. Mm. You know, it was, just, it was just touching. Going back, you know, connections, I think uh, Colonel Blake and Radar thought was a really good pairing. Uh, and then later on, Radar with uh, Colonel Potter. Mm-hmm. Again, just just that kind of, you know, I think Radar could get along and play off of anybody. Uh, and th- those are my picks. Cool. How about you, Ryan? Well, I just spent the last couple minutes running down Hawkeye and Margaret in that one episode. <laughs> but <laughs> they really, particularly in the earlier seasons, it was such an interesting dichotomy. Margaret was such a military discipline kind of person. But when her and Hawkeye work together in a medical sense, mm-hmm. she really, she's like going, this, this guy is incredible. And I think he thought the same thing about her as a nurse. Yes. That she really, she knew her stuff. Yeah. There was a great deal of uh, professional respect there. Definitely. One scene from the earlier seasons that I love is when the entire camp is down with, I think it's a flu. Mm-hmm. and they have to give each other inoculations and they're in <laughs> colonel blake's office hawkeye's bent over with his pants down she's about ready to inject him and when radar walks in that is just a <laughs> hilarious <laughs> hilarious episode yeah and then uh i just watched it the other night from where there's a will there's a war yeah. and he talks about the segment uh what he's got what he wants to give her i think he gives her the the uh groucho yes uh glasses i think or, yep. yeah but the little scene with them when they're doing the inventory and they they're i remember those years ago where you just you get an all-nighter and anything is funny yeah and that's kind of the way they were and that that was just a that was yeah, a nice, i love that scene that's that was a nice moment with yep. them yes yeah yeah very cool how about you uh, let's go with who have i done dara i like margaret and Klinger. Okay. Yeah. The the, the very few times they're together, Mm -hmm. other than fighting about supply issues and how she had to shoot her own footlocker to get a new one. (laughs) But um, when she's trying to go away for her birthday and he's trying to, you know, put a little a match in a in a in a muffin just to yeah. They had some really good things. Yeah. They they were far and few between, but they were quality. That made them special too when they did get together. Eggs vary. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're also both characters that like are really, really caring, but have something else kind of on their exterior show. Mm. You know, yeah, they, especially Margaret. She's trying to be rough and tough, and yeah, yeah, she doesn't show that other side very often, like she, like she did with Hawkeye and Digitalis. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anybody else? Any of the new listeners? You know, I'm just gonna go. Yeah, this is Sean. I'm just gonna go with just the 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 pure classic traditional ones, just trap and Hawkeye. Mm. You know, it, you think about the scene when they were at the sink, Pierce McIntyre, the swine brothers, <laughs> right. <laughs> or, or like uh, the first Christmas episode, right. The dear dad from season one, where they discovered that radar was shipping home a Jeep. And <laughs> just, when, when they x-rayed the box, the way they both turn to each other and just look, it's it's just golden, yeah. right? Yeah. Or the the Luxembourg uh, lieutenant that was missing when he starts stumbling out of the OR and and the way Trapper and Hawkeye just look at each other. It's just golden. It, yeah. It's it what made the show so excellent. Nice, nice. Now, do you prefer Trapper over BJ and Hawkeye? Oh, man, it's so hard. I'm just <laughs> I feel blessed that we had both of them. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm oh, sorry, Alec, were you going to say something? Oh yeah, I was just going to say I don't know if it counts as a uh, as a pairing on the TV show, but ever since you guys mentioned on the podcast that it seemed like maybe they were trying to make something happen with Radar and Kelly. Oh, I've been, I, I, I can't that. get yeah. past that at all. I would have loved it. I would have that loved would have it great. too. I, I think about it every time I see them together on yeah. screen. Yeah, they had a few moments where they're dancing and, and interacting, yeah. but yeah, I would have. that would have been my ideal match. I completely agree. Kelly and Radar. Very cool. All right, guys. So we've been talking for over an hour of MASH goodness. I had more questions, but I'll have to save them for next time. So uh, I'm going to end this one really quick. We're going to do what MASH means to me, why you watch it, why you love it, why is it so important to you. Uh, So let's go ahead and start off with Sean. Wow. You know, first and foremost, it's like a warm blanket. Mm -hmm. You know, it's also one of the reasons why my wife and I got married. Um, because when we first started dating, when we realized that both of us loved MASH, it was like, like we just bonded over it. <laughs> and in fact, that was really, I think that was our first gift that we got for each other was the DVD. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it, it's been this way for six years, seven, seven years now. We, uh, we always fall asleep to MASH. That's sweet. That's nice. But but then it it a uh, much l- larger scale. It's like you think about like your socialization, right? Like what helped make you the way you are today. I mean, there's for me, there's no doubt. Mash had such a huge influence on me as a child, um, and you know, a teenager. My feelings about war, about how it's so wasteful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I love the passion, you know, that Alan Alda and Hawkeye's character. I love the unity. I love the way they all work together, right? So some of my favorite episodes are, are ones where they're all truly working closely together. And then the creativity. You know, think about uh, Lifetime. I, I mean, you might know this, Kenny, more than I, but did anyone ever put a clock up on an episode like, like they did in Lifetime, right? This is a soldier that is, isn't, you know, uh, mm. Aorta's missing and, yeah. and they put the clock up. They got a do something within like 23 minutes or so. I know a lot of you don't like dreams, but I, I love dreams from the beginning. And I, I think of all the creative things the show did, like they were, they did a lot of first oh, definitely. television. Yep. And, and um, I, it, it's, uh, it's just, it's had a big influence just probably like all of you on yeah. your life and the way you see things. Fantastic. How about you, Ryan? It's it's been a constant for a long time. Um, I started watching it probably in syndication when I was in elementary school, and the first three seasons really I I really liked them as a kid because there was a lot of hijinks. Mm-hmm. And um, as I as I got older, the I think the show got older with me. I still appreciate the first three seasons. When I was a kid, I really didn't care for the later seasons. And now I see, as I'm older, I see a lot of things. Uh, I, I appreciate the aspects that they, they brought in the later seasons. Yeah. So it's a show that, that sort of grew up with grew me. Grew with you, yeah. Yeah, not in the same. You know, the, the early seasons, I saw some stuff. And the later seasons, as I got older, I saw some stuff that, that really related to me then. I do like that... Uh, I'm not surely any character was portrayed as a saint throughout the whole thing. Um, yeah. They all had their all failings. Yep. Yes. Yep. Um, so that, that was a real, 
there was no Danny Tanner full house, <laughs> always correct kind of character in MASH. Mm-hmm. Potter may have been the closest to that. But yeah. um, so it, it, it's a show that grew up with me nice. where I grew up with it. One of the yeah. Two. yeah. Yeah. Awesome. How about you, Danny? Like everyone's talking about, it, it's comfort food. I mean, it's really, you can plop down and watch if you want to watch it on regular TV, me TV or TV land, whatever the case might be, you'll, you could just pop it on and you just sit there and start watching it. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, I know what this is. And, and, and even it doesn't matter if it's in one season or the other. And like Ryan said, the first three seasons, I really appreciate That's why I grew up with it. Mainly I got my quick uh, wit from how listening to how the characters talk and mm-hmm. kind of replicate that as comedy as well, you know, just being quick witted. Um, Cause that's something you do. I think they kept that through like at least halfway through the show until it got a little more serious and everything. But uh, I think you, it's the same way like Ryan was saying, it's just, it's something you grow up with. And, and, and Sean was talking about how it took chances. And another episode, I think people don't talk about it as much as uh, POV. Oh yeah. Um, where, where, you got to see everything from a hurt, wounded soldier, you mm-hmm. know, point of view. And then you're witnessing this commotion going around you of all these different characters, but how well they all still work together. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest thing I think we can, everyone can still draw from that. It's like everyone may have different personalities. Everyone may clash, but everyone's goal is the same to keep soldiers alive. And mm-hmm. I think that's what everyone works towards. And I, and I, you know, that's what you want to continue with in your life. You know, you want to, when you go to work, you want everyone to be having the same goal, you know, and you clash with those who may disagree with that, but uh, that's the end result. That's what we're all achieving for. We just want to achieve the one goal. What does it take to get to that goal? Whether that's at work or in your life, you know, Mm -hmm. that's why I think mass shows you as well. Yeah. Great. Cool. How about you, Jay? I think as, as Sean pointed out, it, it's just, it's comforting. It's something that has always been there. Uh, it's something that you could always turn to. Uh, in some cases, the cast, you know, always felt like a family. Uh, and and also the, the show itself uh, just kind of allowed you to forget your troubles, uh, but then it also allowed you to think about, you know, those that had it worse off than you, uh, just, you know, in, in different times, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, uh, but again, it was just something that was always there, that was always constant. Um, and again, as as uh, Danny pointed out, no matter you know if you had the DVD collection or if you you know watched it on broadcast TV or you know in syndication, um, again, it was just something that just allowed you to forget your troubles. Yeah. And again, it was just it was comfort food. Nice, nice, Dara. Well, I remember, like I said the last time, watching it with my father when I was in my teen years in the '90s, and. Uh, I didn't like it at first. It grew on me. And then I remembered scrambling to find VHS tapes to record it so I could bring it to college. Mm. And, you know, I shared it with my husband, boyfriend then, and we bonded over that. And I met other great people that loved it. My friend Heather from Bristol, she loves this show. She's so jealous right now. (laughs) And it just followed me through college, through my life. You know, I... We did our cross country trip and I had to stop at Tony Paco's Hungarian hot dogs. We had to stay oh, in Ottumwa, awesome. Iowa. We <laughs> waved at, you know, Bloomington in Illinois for Henry Blake on the way by. And <laughs> we hiked the ranch. And I remember even in college, we had a presentation for senior seminar and I used goodbye, farewell, amen. A couple of tidbits from that in my presentation. And even now I've got a friend's daughter who just is 16 that loves the show and she borrows my seasons. And I'm looking forward to showing 
my young one this show when they're old enough. Yeah, fantastic. That's awesome. Mark? I have to say it brought uh, kind of like, uh, like everyone else is saying, comfort food. When it first aired, there was no cable TV, only a handful of stations. So mm-hmm. if you wanted to watch some good TV, it MASH was it. Um, it kind of captured you. It brought the, uh, I don't know if you want to say humanity or the human element to the war. You know, this obviously, this is Korean War was before my time, before this show even aired, but Mm -hmm. it brought it to the forefront that, you know, there were human beings here. Um, And it was kind of personal where it made a connection with me and my dad. I mean, everything was normal with us. We had the normal family, but my dad was in Vietnam, not Korea. Mm. Um, He wasn't a doctor. He was more in the office-like area. But, you know, it, it um, it brought us together where I understood you know, he served before I was in war, but I understood what he went through, the goofiness that he talked about, just like mm-hmm. a mash happened with, you know, the unit he was in. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a Frank Burns, hmm. you know, that he had to deal with. Um, you know, it just brought, like I said, the human element to the war and it captured you. You know, there's no way you could have turned this off except yeah. in the dream episode. <laughs> it, it captured you. It brought you close to what, what was over there yeah without being too dark yeah yeah very cool and we have alec yeah i think you know i I completely agree with everything everybody else has said and i think there's so many of us who who love the show so much that you know we all have similar stories (laughs) you know and that's that's one thing that i i love about the show too is that you know when i meet other people like all of you lovely people it's you you immediately have a connection with somebody because they know your friends, mm-hmm. friends from Mesh, and it's it was a show that I started out watching with my mom too. Like a lot of a lot of you guys are saying, it you know was a connection between me and my mom, and uh, I am looking forward to having that you know with with my kids someday. That you know, there's okay, there's some stuff like we talked about with the the adultery or you know the chasing women, and you know, uh, but there's a lot of sort of key message at the at the heart of it that didn't really you know, hasn't aged as, as poorly mm-hmm. for the most part, there's not a lot in the show that did age poorly. You know, they have a lot of really positive messages about race and about acceptance and about sexuality, even which mm-hmm. you know, they were way ahead of the time for that. And, yeah. you know, the message of almost every episode is care for people, you know, best care anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have so many moments where Hawkeye sort of poignantly either is shutting somebody down for using a racial slur or insisting to uh, to still treat and give the best treatment to even the enemy soldiers that are coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the the interpersonal thing with people even amongst the camp, you know, and the characters caring for each other and being there for each other. You know, somebody mentioned the time that Charles is talking to Hawkeye about his dad. Um, you know, there's moments like with Margaret when she's talking to the nurses and says, you know, none of you even buy me a lousy cup of coffee or something like that. You know, the the message is always, we have to care for people, whether we know that they're hurt or not, Mm -hmm. you know, be caring and be kind to the people around you, um, no matter your situation and no matter who they are or where they came from. Yeah. And that's a, that's a message that I think just, we need more of. And yeah, it's timeless as well. Absolutely. It'll never, yeah, it'll never go out of style. That's always something we need. Yeah. Very cool. All right, guys. Well, I can't say thank you enough for joining me. It's been a fantastic hour and 20 minutes chatting MASH with you guys. 
I plan on doing these again. So if you guys want to come back, we'll have our new guests be return guests and our return guests be even more return guests. So I'm always happy to have you guys on. This was a lot of fun. Meds and I appreciate all our listeners. We uh, love getting feedback from you guys. We've been in, doing this for over 10 years and we still, I think we enjoy it probably more now than we've ever enjoyed it. Um, it's always fun. It's an amazing series. It's timeless, as I said. It's something that I don't think anyone will ever get tired of. It'll always be classic to me. You know, you can still watch it now. It's still relevant now to everything that they're talking about. You know, it's it's just an amazing series, and I really appreciate that you guys took the time out of your day to uh, chat MASH with me. So until next time, guys, take care. You can find MASH 4077 Podcasts all over social media. We have a Twitter account. You can find the podcast at MASH 4077 Podcast. You can find me, Kenny, at Geeky Fanboy. You can find Meds at Hawkeye Meds. We also have a Facebook fan group. You can join up by searching facebook.com slash mash4077podcast or just type in mash4077podcast in the search and our page will come up. If you have any questions or comments or you want to answer some of our trivia questions, you can send those emails to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. You can listen to mash4077podcast all over the interwebs you can catch us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and now we're on Spotify. And if you want to see show notes or do a direct download or listen to the podcast online, you can go to our main website at mash4077podcast.com. If you are enjoying our podcast, consider making a donation. We have a Patreon account at patreon, patreon.com slash geekyfanboy. Check out the latest podcast to hit this quadrant, The Geek Roundtable. Join hosts as they sit down with fellow geeks to talk, well, geek. Star Wars, Star Trek, cosplay, fantasy, anime, Firefly, even My Little Pony. If it's geeky, we'll discuss it. King Arthur had his roundtable for his nights. And now it's time for us geeks to have ours. Come join in the fun and geek out with the Geek Roundtable. Find us on iTunes by searching The Geek Roundtable. Or visit our website, thegeekroundtable.com. Hello, MASH fans. Now, as some of you know, myself and Kenny have our own individual podcasts, and my podcast is called Waffle On Podcast. And we waffle on about classic films and television programs from around the world. So if that's your cup of tea or martini, then why don't you follow us over on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or, of course, from Podbean. You can find us at waffleon.podbean.com, and we would be honoured if you would join us. MASH 4077 Podcast is a Geeky Fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0 United States license, all rights reserved.